Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, guys. On today's episode, I have the privilege of interviewing Jerusha, one of the co-creators of the new documentary coming out this February called Birth Time, a documentary highlighting the current maternity system and the lack of funding and continuity care for women resulting in unacceptable birth trauma statistics. Aside from this much-needed film, Jerusha, who had been a doula for 10 years at the time, shares with us her own transformative journey from maiden to mother, supported by the love and strength of women she had worked with and her adoring partner. She takes us through how she mentally prepared for the birth of her son and the journey she went on to bring him earthside. Another incredibly powerful woman sharing her wisdom with us. Thank you so much for coming on today, Jerusha, and sharing your time with me. Absolute pleasure, Sky Marie. Could you please just tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you live and who's in your family? Sure. I live in Sydney, Australia, and I live with my husband and my four-year-old boy, Rudy. Oh, Rudy, beautiful name. Yeah. Love that. Rudy He's a little <gasps> firecracker. Oh, I love him already. <laughs> Do you want to just tell the listeners what you do for work? So I'm a doula Mm -hmm. and a birth photographer and videographer and also now a filmmaker. Amazing. So your documentary that you ladies are bringing out is called Birth Time. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. So Birth Time has been a to date four and a half year process um, from creation it started in 2016 Mm -hmm. and I am co-created well I have it is finished now I have co-created it with uh, two beautiful friends midwife home birth midwife Joe Hunter Mm -hmm. and uh, actor Zoe Naylor so the three of us have spent four and a half years making that it would have been released in April this year had COVID not happened and so last week we just released um our premiere 
tour and the release of the film which will be in February next year oh I cannot wait I'm so excited Mm. so how did the idea come about because I feel like four years is such a long commitment it's a really long time yeah um we so Zoe Zoe booked Joe for to be the home birth midwife for the home birth of her second child Mm -hmm. um that was well back in 2015 when she was pregnant and uh Zoe had had a hospital birth with her first daughter Mm -hmm. and then she also booked me to video the birth and so Bo Bo was born in May 2016 and that's what brought the three of us together joe and i have worked together joe and i have worked together for a long time mm-hmm. um she also consequently is my midwife oh, and awesome. um so we came together over that birth and um zoe was profoundly changed by that birth and amazed by how different she came out of it yeah feeling differently from which so many women do don't they which so many women do, you know, which I, I think solely, you know, predominantly came down to the model of care she had in yeah. that she had one-to-one midwifery care with a midwife the whole way through her pregnancy, birth and postpartum period. Yeah. And um, that led to conversations. Joe and I had been talking about making a documentary for a couple of years before that and because Joe had hosted um, – the, the Australian premiere of The Business of Being Born back oh, okay. um, 11 or 12 years ago, whenever that was, which was made by Ricky Lake and Abby, Ep- Abby Epstein back mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people disregarded it as being American issues, which really it's not, you know, those issues reach us as well. And so the idea had sort of been ruminating for a while and then after Zoe's birth she showed her The Business of Being Born, that film, and said, you know, Jerusha and I have been talking about making – um, an Australian birth documentary and Zoe said I'm in and it was kind of like that's what we needed because we'd been wow. ruminating the idea for a while and we, it was like we were waiting for the third yeah the third person that we needed to come in to generate enough energy to do it and so we just we and we just started we just started we bought I mean I had cameras but we bought sound and lighting equipment and mm-hmm. we asked Hannah Darlin to be our first interviewee and we just went for it and I saw you guys traveled a lot for it yes we traveled all around the country and and it's been an amazing project in terms of it's just it's just kept coming to us Mm -hmm. the people you know we interviewed Hannah Darlin that first time and two weeks later she was organizing the normal labor and birth conference in Sydney which Joe and I were going to as attendees but she said you know all of these all of these academics and experts are coming to Sydney from all over the world Mm -hmm. I can give you, you know, access to whoever you want to interview. And so suddenly we were thrown into action of interviewing. You know, we didn't see any of the conference. We just spent (laughs) it in the room interviewing all of the keynote speakers, which was incredible. And then we travelled to Brisbane for different conferences and to interview different people like Sarah Buckley and Rachel Reed. Mm -hmm. We travelled to Alice Springs. Um, There's a section in our documentary on birthing on country. So we... um, we travelled to Alice Springs to hear the stories of Indigenous women and mm-hmm. we've done a lot of work also birthing on country in Nowra, you know, south of Sydney. And so we've, we, ha- we have travelled and we did all of that with little babies in tow. And <gasps> so impressive. Wow. Yeah, but it's, it's, just, it's just led itself. And, 
we've almost just had to run along behind it just keeping yeah. up because you know, it just so clearly needed to be made. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to see it. What is the process for release? Yeah, so we can't wait to release it. In February we're doing a series of Q&A screenings, so mm-hmm. we are travelling the country. Oh, wow. And there are Q&A screenings right around the country mm-hmm. where we will be attending doing the Q&A after a screening and then there are also general admission um screenings um and you can request to host a screening in your town as well oh, okay so if there's not a so if you jump on our website which is birthtime.world you've got all of the information of the screenings on there and mm-hmm. if there's not one close to you you can put in a request and you can host one at your cinema that's perfect and will you guys be eventually releasing it like on a website or will it be free to view at a, eventually at a point in time yeah. Okay. initially you know we really want to focus on generating change yes and to do that we believe that bringing people together is going to be the best way to do that so yeah um there will be opportunity for community screenings as well you know down the track where groups can get together you know say um hospital groups or Mm -hmm. you know mothers groups or whatever to host their own you know screenings outside of a cinema but initially it will all be it will all be in cinema um, by way of bringing people out and together and generating conversation yeah, and change. Love that! Thank you so much for doing this important work. I am so eager to see this film. Yeah, we can't wait to release it. It's been, you know, we were really ready to go in April, and then for that oh, to all be yes. postponed was quite agonising. But I think, you know, divine timing. It'll be. Mm-hmm. It's going to be even bigger and better once we get it out in February. Yeah. We're ready to go. Exactly. I'll mm. share all the information in the show notes for anyone that is interested. So moving on to your pregnancy and birth, did you plan your pregnancy with your son? Yes, absolutely. Beautiful. And what was your yeah. pregnancy like with him? It was dreamy actually. Oh, it was amazing. um it was just it was divine. I'd, so I'd been a doula for 10 years by the time I had him mm-hmm. and I... Can I ask what pushed you to become a doula? Because a lot of the doulas that I speak to usually have this super empowering experience and then want to share that with other women. Yeah, that's a very common um, track for, you know, for doulas yeah. to come via. For yeah. me, I... Well, I, I was in my 20s. I was an actor and I had traveled the world for a year. And one of my promises on my travels was that when I came home, I wasn't because, I, you know, I was an actor, but I was doing all the rubbish jobs that go alongside that to keep yourself going in between jobs. It's so sporadic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just decided that I needed something else that filled my soul. Yeah. I didn't want to be doing jobs that I didn't want to be doing while I was waiting for the job that I did want to be doing. So I, um, and I, I had attended one birth of a girlfriend before I went overseas, which I loved. And I came home and spoke to one of my girlfriends who was pregnant at the time. And I said, Oh, maybe I should become a midwife. And she said, no, no, you need to become a doula. And I said, I've got no idea what that (laughs) is. This is, I mean, 10 years ago, who did? This is 14 years ago. So was back then but she'd done a great childbirth education mm-hmm. class and you know which was promoting doulas and, and she discovered them there and so she said this is what you need to do and I just she said just type it into google and I did and I immediately went that's exactly what I want to do yeah. and so I signed up with childbirth international and did my training um straight away and then I um 
Yeah, and and it just felt absolutely right. I soon after that moved to London, and really, and the and the great thing about that was that in London, the the doula community and the doula scene was much more alive and known than it was here. So yeah. I just immersed myself in birth and postnatal work over there. It was I was working full time around the clock doing births at night and postnatal work in the day, and it was. It was kind of the, the the greatest grounding I could have had in wow. in those early years of becoming yeah. a mother. Yeah, and just learning so, so much. Yeah, exactly. And so, so you know, so I'd been working with. I just felt at home in that space with pregnant mm-hmm. women, and I so I'd been working with pregnant women for a decade before I became pregnant myself. And you know, so I I knew I'd I'd walked the journey with so many women, and mm-hmm. was it was it was I was very curious to see. You know how what it was like and how my journey would be in amongst that. But my my pregnancy was dreamy. I I I didn't have any morning sickness. I wasn't even tired. I just it was it was actually quite magnificent. I loved yeah, being pregnant. So lovely. And what was the type of care you chose? I mean, I was so lucky, blessed to have um to have a great experience and to have. Joe Hunter, who is my midwife and had been a friend for years before mm-hmm. I fell pregnant. And so, and I, I really, you know, had the most divine care with her. And it was very easy for me to put my birth team together because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd worked alongside women. I had two doulas and they were doulas who have become friends and were, you know, colleagues as well. And I trusted them entirely. And then mm-hmm. I chose my beautiful friend Anna Todd to photograph my birth she's a beautiful birth photographer and so it was very clear to me who um you know I I needed and yeah who I wanted present at my birth yeah Uh, and had you done any extra work on yourself in the lead up to your birth I know that you worked in the field so obviously you have a wealth of knowledge but was there anything extra that you did to prepare yourself I did a lot of extra work. Oh, yeah. I um, yeah, I I'd been to Melbourne and had a pelvic mapping session with Fiona Hallinan. She that was that was um, that was pretty incredible, and she yeah she does beautiful work. And I I um, went to my my husband and I went to the Shebirths antenatal course. Mm-hmm. So which I had done as a doula. I had sat in on and, and assisted Nadine Richardson on a SheBirth course. So I knew the content, but yeah. um, I was keen to go and sit in that space as a pregnant woman, but also to take my partner and for him to really, you know, because he, he absorbs a lot mm-hmm. of information from me coming home from births and debriefing with him and being around a lot of my friends are birth workers. So he's pretty across a lot of that, but I really wanted him to also sit in that space as a partner. And it, it was incredible in terms of we came out of that weekend and he said, I feel like after this weekend, the birth, this birth has gone from being your birth to being our birth. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. Love it. It was really, it was really great. And because mm. he also knows all the women who were going to be attending our birth and yeah. he knew that I would be well cared for, but this kind of gave him his space and his role. His power. You know, yeah. Yeah, in that place, which was, so that was that was fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, we did that, and then I, I went to Vipassana, which is a ten-day silent meditation retreat. Oh wow! Um, when I was about thirty weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. 
And and I for that I just wanted to dig into the back of my brain and find yeah. any fear. If there was, yeah, I just wanted to sweep the cobwebs out and make sure there was nothing yeah. lurking in there that I um, that I wasn't aware of. Yeah, right. Awesome. I wanted to push myself. I wanted to mentally kind of, you know, push myself into discomfort and yeah. explore what was going on. Yeah. I, I wanted the birth that I wanted so much that I just wanted to do everything I could in my power. You know, we know that birth is out of our control to a large extent but I thought I, I want to do everything I can in my power to help that birth happen. Yeah. yeah. And how far along were you when labour started? So I was, um, I, was, I was absolutely convinced after 10 years of clients that I would have a 42-week baby because I'd had, you know, most of my, yeah. the vast majority of my clients, and I know this is not the case for everyone, but the vast majority of my women had gone, you know, 41, 41 plus three, you know, that classic kind of 10 yeah. days over and mm-hmm. nudging towards 42. And I just thought that's going to be me. I don't really do things very quickly. And yeah. that's going to be my body. But little did I know that, you know, there's obviously another little person who has uh, a say in that. Yeah, and so exactly. We, we, the week before, when I was 37 weeks, we'd been filming birth time and then I'd had my mother blessing on the weekend at right on 38 weeks and I thought great now I've got a month to you know sew bassinet sheets and do yeah. rest and do all the things swim do all the things that I haven't been doing and two days later at 38 plus two um I got up to do a wee in the night and I walked down the hall and I left a trickle down the hallway oh my god and I had that classic thing of that's not my water <laughs> that's wee that's just wee and you know and I'm sniffing it going it doesn't really smell like wee but it has to be wee this cannot be me this is not my story (laughs) of course it was um yeah so my and and it was just a probably a hindwater leak um yeah it wasn't my water's releasing completely um and then I had I had luckily I had that day to then prepare and do some of the things that we you know hadn't done at that Mm -hmm. point like get the car seat fitted and test out the birth pool and set up the space oh wow put together the beads from my mother blessing and all of those things that I thought I had time to do and then 24 hours later so around midnight the next night my contraction started right so you just had the trickle with no contractions absolutely nothing all day right. what yeah. a lovely little hey i'm coming here's 24 yeah. hours <laughs> so considerate <laughs> so your contractions obviously woke you were intense enough to wake you the next night yeah woke up they woke up really with a big bang they, they well it was quite intense and i was obviously half asleep but I had one contraction and I thought oh maybe this is starting but it'll be sporadic and so I Mm -hmm. got up made myself a hot water bottle hopped into bed and then I had another one and then three minutes later I had another one and I was thinking oh gosh and they were three minute leaves right from the off and one of the and and um, Andy my partner was saying oh gosh do we need to call someone I was like babe I've had three contractions it's okay (laughs) let's not panic anyway they just kept going like that and they were really intense and and one of the things I'd said all along was that I didn't want to I didn't want to be in my doula brain when I was in labour myself. I didn't yeah. want to be assessing, trying to assess myself from the outside. And mm. the beauty of that was one of my doulas, Nadine Fragosa, lives two two doors down from me. She's a dear friend. And so I'd always said I'd call Nads in 
when I, you know, she would be the first port of call and she could sit outside. She could sit, you know, she could sit and watch and make a call about when the birth team were coming because the rest of the birth team lived over an hour away. And so that was another factor in terms of when do you call them? You don't want them to miss it. You don't want to call them too early. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't want to be in that headspace. I just wanted to be able to surrender. And so she came over for a bit and sat down. She said, you know what, I'm going to call them. And so they, my beautiful team started trickling in over the next couple of hours, which was really lovely. And mm-hmm. I was so, I was so happy to see them. And, and, you know, and the labor was, it was really, it remained three minutely during that time. And I'd always imagined them, you know, that moment when they start trickling into your house and that being really magical. And it was, I was just so pleased to see them. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the pool got filled and I got in it sometime in the wee hours of the morning. And then, um classic classic got in and probably got in too early and everything slowed down oh. and so traction spaced out to seven or eight minutes apart and you know it's three four five o'clock in the morning and everyone's mm. getting quite sleepy and mm. do you see that happen a lot because I know with my daughter she said the same don't get in the water until you're you know in yeah. proper active labor because it can slow it down I see that a lot okay yeah yeah, it's so it's so tempting to get in there early because it does bring such relief. Absolutely, and you know it can be used. It, it doesn't do it for all women, of course, but it seems to be. You know, it's it's much better utilized later on when things. You know, they they don't call it the home birth as epidural for nothing. You know, it's at that point where you really feel like you need some relief and yeah, right. Um, probably at that point if you're in a hospital where you start asking for yeah, so true. pain relief. But you know, if you so if you if you hold off on the birth pool right. and use it right, you know, at that moment, it, it's just so effective. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, so I was in there for a couple of hours, and then, you know, the hard truth came that it was definitely time for me to get out. I I, I was I was absolutely aware that you know that would happen at a point, but I wasn't going to volunteer it myself. I waited for someone to tell me. It <laughs> anyway so I got out and you know I was feeling a little bit miserable but um and you know tired the sun comes up and it's another day anyway but then um Joe said you know what we need to do and I knew what she was going to say because I'd heard the stories from her and Lucretia's birth so Lucretia McCarthy was my other daughter and they're good friends from years back they had Maggie Leckie Thompson for their home births and I've heard the story of them pounding the pavement with Lou with her first baby to try and get her contractions back and I was like we're going out to to pound the pavement aren't we and they said yeah so they got got me dressed and put sunglasses on me (laughs) and it was eight o'clock in the morning so everyone's doing their school run and the film was one of the nights and we walked we walked blocks around my home can I ask quickly what where your headspace was at that stage because that would have been such an uncomfortable thing for you to get up and do and could you feel him coming down at all during that pro I all of my discomfort had been right in the front like really cervixy kind of pain okay and I guess we might have been out there for 20 minutes half an hour and um and the deal, you know, I had one one each of them hooked on, Joe and Lucretia hooked on around my arms and mm-hmm. they said, when a contraction comes, you need to keep walking and walk. And they were walking me quite quickly. Okay. And if you walk through the contractions and keep walking, it's it's incredible. My contractions went from eight minutes apart mm-hmm. to I think it was eight in 20 minutes. It wow. was They were just two or three minutes apart straight away. 
Wow, it really, that's amazing. It really worked a treat. And during that time, I felt the pain. I felt the pain kind of level out from from just being right all in the front to being kind of even front and back. I don't know if that makes Interesting. sense. Interesting. Sort of, it really did shift. So it helps to shift baby as well. Yeah, and, and just right. I just bought it. You know those good contractions were just, you know, bringing yeah. them down. I mean, I still had a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. But we, but we, we marched, you know, marched around the streets with the builders, you know, kind oh of. Oh, my gosh, what a sight. Mums <laughs> walking their kids to school in empathy, you know, and get this oh, big brown belly sunglasses on and vomiting up. <laughs> Reason. oh no <laughs> anyway we came back home and it became clear that as soon as I kind of got down on my knees and stopped mm-hmm. my labor would really slow down again and so I just kept marching I marched up and down the hall up and down mm-hmm. the hall for hours and it and it worked mm-hmm. um it was you know that it was exhausting but I just kept going I was so determined to do whatever it needed yeah to get you know, to get this baby out. And then eventually I said, can I beg? Can I hop back in the pool? And um, they all said, oh, we just, we've run out of hot water and we need to fill the pool up. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they said, why don't you hop in the shower? And in my head I kind of went, well, if there's no hot water, how am I hopping in the shower? But mm-hmm. I wasn't going to argue. I thought the shower is a good, and then I thought, okay, they're tricking me. They don't want me to get back yeah. in at this point. <laughs> I was like, I'll have a shower. I'll do whatever. <laughs> Anyway, so I got in the shower and it was a couple of one or two contractions later I was absolutely brought to my knees and and then I just felt that real bearing down sensation. Mm. It was the first proper shift I'd had. Um, And then I just, you know, hollered at them, I'm getting back in that pool. And so I did and that was at about 11.30 in the morning and and then he was born 40 minutes later. Mm, was that just such a powerful moment for you? Yeah, it it, it was incredible. The yeah. intensity, I guess, in terms of the labour and birth, that the intensity of that was the bit that surprised me okay. the yeah. most. Right. You know, the contractions themselves, the labour had been had been tough in terms of yeah. I really had to drive it along. But yeah. I, I was coping with the intensity of the contractions, mm-hmm. um, but then the, those that I was quite amazed, and there was, I was amazed at how full on it felt, and mm-hmm. and to not, tr- you know, I was trying to back away from it in the pool, if that okay. makes sense. I was, yeah, trying to, you know, and you really have to make the choice to go into it at that point because there's only one way through, right? You can't go around it. Right. And so I um, I was quite amazed at that and I did turn to Joe at a point and say, it's not going to fit. It's not. <laughs> and she was like, it's going to fit, love, it's okay. It's <laughs> oh, no. I just, but I really, you know, it was just that in, you know, they mm-hmm. nudge in and out and in and out. You feel yeah. and go up between contractions and then you've got to do all of that and more again and then back off. And then, you know, it was just, mm. it was super intense. Um. And then his head was born. And was that a massive relief? Yeah. yeah. It was a massive relief. And then it was like the world stopped. And I'll never forget the feeling of just sitting with my hand, oh. cupping the back of his head, and the room was absolutely silent. Oh. And I could feel his body still wriggling inside me. Oh, my and gosh. Little, and his little, the crown of his head in the palm of my hand. And then, and then Joe just whispered to me, you're going to catch your baby, love, next contraction. Next contraction, give it a big push and just put some pressure down on his head and catch him. And I said, really? And she said, yeah, you're going to do this. And mm. and that's exactly what happened. Oh, wow. 
he he just I just put a little bit of pressure down on his head and his shoulder just popped out and then he just came swimming out into my hands mm. so it, it which was just it was so incredible it was you know no one touched him no one touched him except for me in those yeah. and where was your partner at that stage he was just right beside me he was just right there yeah um so it was just it was absolutely magical and to be surrounded by all the love of the amazing team that we had yeah oh it was that was the moment that i had pictured for a, you know a very long time in all of those you know in in 10 days yeah. of meditations of 14 hours of meditation a day that was the yeah moment that I had envisaged time and time and time and time and time and time again and then you had it um and then I had it mm-hmm. so it, wow. it really was the realization of I guess one of my biggest dreams in my you know in my whole life yeah it was the best it was the best day of my life yeah so beautiful and did you guys stay in the pool after he was born well I I, I started bleeding quite a bit quite okay. quickly mm-hmm. so I got out of the pool, um, Joe got me out of the pool pretty quickly because um, the colours started changing quite rapidly and so I got onto the sofa which, you know, they had ready with plastic. I did put a lovely big blood smear all over my cream sofa oh, on the lovely. way, which, yeah. you know, today <laughs> is still like the glory mark. That- oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, onto the onto the couch and I did end up having a shot of Cinto. Yeah. Um just to be on the safe side um yeah and so then once my placenta was born I we eventually we we burnt his um cord rather Amazing. than puffing it yeah. in a cord burning ceremony and I really wanted that I just wanted I mean you know it wasn't like anyone was rushing anything but I just really liked the idea of having the stillness of that space I knew that it would take you know, 15 to 20 minutes to burn the cord. Yeah. And I just thought that's actually a time when everyone's focused inwards and mm-hmm. everyone is still and I really wanted to do that ceremony. My dad had built a little box for the, you know, to put the oh, how beautiful. the candles in. So it felt quite ceremonial for mm. us. Yeah. So it was all very special. And then we just hung out and had food and champagne and, Oh, what a vibe. Sat around for the afternoon. It was just delightful. Did he latch straight away? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, he latched pretty much straight away and didn't stop for the next couple of years, really. (laughs) I have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing, though. That's so amazing. He was a good feeder from day dot. Yeah. I didn't ever really, I didn't ever have any breastfeeding issues Oh, was, incredible! It was, it was pretty, uh, you know, it was it was there was a bit of discomfort in the first couple of days, but yeah, I could okay. I, I could literally just feel that that was a, my nipples just stretching. You know, just being yeah. pulled in a way they never had before. Yeah. I never had any grazing. I didn't have any mastitis or anything. So, you know, again, super duper lucky. Yeah. I, you know, it's 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 um. I was amazed at how great that was. Sleeper, if that's any. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. We needed something. <laughs> you know, there has to be something, and that's what I got. I got, you know, a couple of years of very, very rough nights. <laughs> yeah, okay. Did you guys co sleep? He was in a co sleeper beside yeah, us. Yeah, okay, cool. For yeah. Maybe the first eight months, and then in a cot in our room for the first 18 months. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. tough though. So yeah, that was my. I was like, something has to get <laughs> <in> that. <laughs> yeah, you can't have it all. <laughs> Definitely. 
<laughs> and I'm sure you have a lot of advice, but what is a key piece of advice you would give to expectant mums out there? There is a lot, but I think the biggest thing that I see, especially in my doula work, is that women choose different models of care mm-hmm. than the type of birth that they want. Right. Yes. So, you know, women who might want a natural drug-free birth um, in, in choosing, say, a private obstetrician, and I do know that obstetricians vary greatly, yes. but statistics show that your chances of getting a natural, normal, drug-free birth are much, much, much higher at home yeah. and next best in a birth centre with MGP, midwifery group mm-hmm. programs, you know, where you have midwifery care with preferably a midwife that you know throughout your labour and birth. You know, having an obstetrician, you've got your least, you're least likely to have that outcome. That, that outcome. Yeah. So true. Same goes for VBACs as well. Uh-huh. So vaginal births after cesarean, you're much more likely to have them at home. Next best in a public system, least in a private system. And if you, you know, and I, right. for women who want to choose, um, for women who want to choose a private obstetrician and want to hand over, you know, want assistance in all those decisions and are willing to take the interventions and the pain relief and all the things, then that's, you know, that's the right caregivers there yeah um it's just important to know that you're hiring someone who is trained as a surgeon and that is a large part of their skill set and we love obstetricians we need them we really do yes in modern maternity care but i just think it's very important to choose the caregiver based on the type of birth that you want and statistically speaking you know you've got to look at the grand picture of that even down to you know private hospital midwives work very differently to public hospital midwives or home birth midwives yes you know a lot of private hospitals have a 95% epidural rate so those wow those private hospital midwives are often they're, they're not they're not helping women through a normal drug free labor yeah. day in day out yeah. that's and normally it's the, not the norm for there. So you want to be in amongst a culture where normal birth is the norm. Yeah. So that's the biggest, you know, so that's not casting judgment on anyone's decisions. It's yeah. just it's just lining up what you want with the caregivers that you yeah, have. Yeah, you're so right. It, it makes me reflect on my first birth with my daughter and how in my mind I thought I was, you know, doing all the right things because I hired private obstetrician private midwives went to the best private hospital but my ultimate goal was to have a completely natural hands-off water birth and of course it you know I didn't walk away with that because like you said my model of care didn't align with the birth that I wanted yeah and and it's the shame of it is that it's not the women's fault that they are filtered into that because in this country there is a there is a vast belief that based on price yeah that obstetric care is the gold standard because it is, yeah. because it is the most expensive so true and exactly how i used to think and so and you know our private health funds filter us into you know if you get private health care then your private health care for maternity covers you for an obstetrician it doesn't cover you for a home birth midwife yeah. and a home birth midwife is an expert in normal birth but you get filtered into that and if you go to your GP 
you know, your GP will say, oh, well, your option is if you're low risk, maybe go to your public hospital. But, you know, if you've got any risk factor or anything, here's, here's a, a, you know, here's an obstetrician who would be great for you. And then yeah. once your friends start getting obstetricians, then they'll say, oh, my obstetrician was great. You know, there is, there is really a culture yeah. in, in our country where obstetric care is considered to be gold standard. And, and it, it really is not the case when it comes to normal, straightforward births. Yes. And midwifery care, and and I guess the other thing that women don't realise is that the obstetrician isn't going to be there to hold their hand throughout mm-hmm. their labour. They're not there helping them, you know, with pain relief techniques, natural pain relief techniques throughout there. They're not, you know, they have short, they have short um, appointments. Mm-hmm. They have they see them once po- um, postnatally. There's no real relationship. Well, it is continuity in a sense that they're with you from when you book them to six weeks postnatally. But when you look at the difference in that of midwifery care, where mm-hmm. you have hour-long appointments and you have a midwife who is with you throughout your entire labour and birth, mm-hmm. and then they're seeing you, you know, however many, four times in the first week after you've had your baby and then every week or two after that, mm-hmm. it's a very, very different world. And a lot of women don't actually know that that type of care exists. You don't know. It's very hard. Yeah. It is hard to find that information if you haven't ever had any insight into the birth world at all, it's mm-hmm. very hard to find that information. Yeah, so true. And to know that from early on when you book. And so a lot of birth centres, for example, my local birth centre here, is generally um, booked up at six weeks. Oh, okay. when, by the time you're six weeks pregnant, if you haven't booked in, you can't get in. Oh. So those services, and you know, a lot of women who don't know that those choices are there, by six weeks pregnant, they're not, they haven't even thought about where they're going to book into. Yes, yeah, so true. They're just waiting to see if their baby sticks, you know, and, and, and so they miss out on those, on those choices. So it is, it is very difficult and it's not the women's fault but change needs to happen. Change needs to happen for them to be exposed to those choices. Mm, which is why it's so important, I think, to share stories like this and your documentary, which was so desperately needed. I just feel a huge shift is happening. The shift is coming. And, you know, that the, the reason behind why we made this film was that, you know, statistics like one in three women come out of their birth traumatised, oh. which is really, it's really not okay Mm. it's not okay on any level and you know and so and and we do live in a culture that where as long as you get a healthy baby that's all that matters yeah which completely disregards the woman's experience it completely disregards the birth as the gateway to motherhood and to parenthood being traumatized as well you know it really disregards that whole experience so if you come out of your birth feeling helpless and hopeless and like you don't know how on earth you got to this point and what the hell just happened to me then how do you start instinctively mothering and parenting your baby exactly so yeah i mean the 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 baseline question for our whole documentary was what would it take for women to emerge from their births physically well and emotionally safe so it's looking at their physical safety and their emotional safety and why can't we marry those why can't we do better yeah and, and and when you look at all of the studies and all of the statistics, everything points to one-to-one midwifery care being the answer to that. Mm-hmm. 
to women having their own midwife from when they fall pregnant right through their pregnancy that stays with them in their labor and their birth and right through their postnatal period so that they've got that that's true continuity and that's where we get the better results that's where if women who wanted a natural birth and end up with a cesarean if that's what happens if they've had continuity throughout that they've had someone to debrief with they've had someone along the journey they've got someone who respects them in their choices mm -hmm. and then that makes it so much better for their mental health in the outcome mm -hmm. it's just so important yeah. for you know for women to be aware of that um you know the choices that they have and that, that they deserve better we the women they deserve better than, than what we're giving them at the moment amazing thank you so much for coming on today jerusha it's truly an honor to speak with you oh, such a pleasure and lastly thank you on behalf of all the women out there who will benefit from this documentary and you ladies shining a light on the issues that we have in our maternity system. I just think you women are amazing. Oh, thank you. It's, um, yeah, we can't, we cannot wait to, to release it and to start, to start generating change. So yes. please, please come book, book tickets, book screenings, you yeah. know, get your people together and, you know, your friends who haven't had babies yet and your your friends with teenage daughters or, yes, you know, right. this film this film is for everyone from, you know, people that might birth one day through to mm -hmm. birth workers, obstetricians, midwives. This is we want to bring. This is not an us and them fight. It's yeah. not much about um, polarising the issue. It's about bringing together everyone to, to bring out the best outcomes for everyone having their baby. Yeah. Women, partners, families, the lot. Yeah, such important work. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Sky Marie. It's lovely to chat to you. That brings us to the end of today's show, guys. Jerusha's story for me has brought to light the importance of aligning your choice and care with the birth you desire. Please head over to www.birthtime.world for all info on screening times or if you're thinking of hosting your own screening, all the details on how to do that will be on their website. Brisbane ladies, I will be at the screening on March 6th, so please come along and join me. I would love to see you all. I'm so looking forward to this documentary and celebrating the incredible women that spent over four years of their lives creating it for us in the hopes to ignite conversation and ultimately change the system. I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.